the NFL slate as well as get you ready for week four. But before we get into, into that, uh, let's go through some, some quick programming reminders. Uh, I've been mentioning it. Uh, hopefully you're well aware and, and this programming reminder does not apply to you, but the making the call Substack, we are just, we are cooking over there. If I might say it's, we're just, we've got those Friday newsletters, uh, getting you ready for the, for the weekend slate during all throughout the football season. And I'm really proud of the work that we've been, we've been, uh, putting in for those. Uh, I feel like they've been really well received. So make sure you're getting those go subscribe to the making the call Substack. It's free to subscribe. It's free to read every single newsletter. Um, you can also download the Substack app. And you can join the uh, football season gambling thread uh, for the Making the Call newsletter where myself, Trent, we've got um, listeners, uh, shout out listener Matt, uh, posting you know player prop picks and things like that all throughout the weekend. So if you're into that sort of thing, make sure you go join the uh, gambling thread on the Making the Call app. But for sure, subscribe to the Making the Call newsletter uh, so you can get some, some great fantasy picks from, uh, from Rosie. Yeah. No, the Substack app. Wait, Andrew, Down, yeah, sorry, we download have the Substack app. Is that what you said? And you can read all the newsletters. You'll get a push notification app? whenever the Friday newsletters go out. Oh, okay. But then you can gotcha. also join the gambling thread that we have. And you can uh, get all of our picks for props. Because obviously Trent's going to post his props um, in the newsletter. But then he'll also have some more that he usually finds throughout the weekend. And I'll have some that I like. And... Um, so if you're into the whole player prop thing, like that's, it's, it's a great outlet for that. So, um, no, we don't have a making the call app, but we do have a Substack app. Yes. Yes. Um, but <laughs> not yet, not yet. I, I hope you didn't read the, uh, week two. Week three was great. And honestly, My like fantasy, you mentioned uh, Calvin Austin in week two, and he went of off the, this week. Of the so, week week two but i hope you, you weren't read wrong week you're three, just early week three was great <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so go I subscribe did. to that we'll have yeah. a link directly just to the newsletter and the and the show notes for this podcast yeah. so go subscribe to that as, all right as i tell rosie before we get into recapping week three we each have one big headline to start off the podcast what is yours okay so mine, let's, let's take you back in time for a second. This is Rosie, start of the summer, thinking, I need to buy low on running backs. Because there's this discourse right now about how running backs aren't getting paid and they're not useful. And I was like, well, sure, maybe some running backs are sharing more, but this league right now is about the two high safety. And even this year, we've mm -hmm. seen the three high safety. So that should invite the run. We should <laughs> see a bounce back from running backs. That was my <laughs> thought. And, and since I was already buying low on running backs, I just full sent it. Running backs suck. <laughs> and, and teams in general suck at running the ball. I mean, we we have to have like our lowest yards per carry among teams. And I was thinking about it today, and I was like, how many teams in the NFL yeah. are like effective the Eagles? at running the ball consistently? Like the 49ers, the Cowboys. 
I wouldn't even say the Eagles. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they uh, Miami. A, I mean, they had Swift um, against the Vikings, but they haven't been like consistently really good. And Miami, that's that's the third one. And so it's like, what is going on where yeah, we I, have like I the mean, lightest boxes we've ever had? I don't know NFL. what it is. I don't know if and part of me wonders if it's that players in like the front seven on the defense have just gotten faster and more athletic to where now you can't just rely on pure athleticism in the run game. Like it's really all about do you have a good offensive line who's going to open up holes, open up gaps for the running backs to run through? And you the teams you listed off, the Niners, Miami, like those that's exactly what they do. Like the Niners have Trent Williams and they've got George Kittle who's probably I would say the best blocking tight end in the, in the game. And so they open up these holes for a very athletic running back in McCaffrey, but uh yeah, I just I don't know what it is, but you're absolutely right like I I kind of was thinking the same thing going into the season. Like, oh, I think we zag now because everyone's saying zero running back. And so I'm in like a a two-player keeper league. And it was actually the league that I got last place in last year and had to do the Waffle House Challenge for. And so I had had like the first overall pick. Like I had, and I had traded away some guys for some good draft capital. So I was, I had lots of draft picks. I was like, all right, like this is my chance to like rebound, right? So I decided... I took Tyreek Hill with the first overall pick because there were a lot of guys who were being kept. So like that was kind of the best option. And it was either him or Kelsey. And then I just went running back heavy for like the next three rounds. And the running backs I got were Josh Jacobs, Brees Hall, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Damian Pierce. And outside of Aaron Jones in week one, they all have been awful. Now, Jonathan Taylor hasn't played. But like Josh Jacobs was what RB one last year, or RB three, and he's done nothing. Yeah, Damian. <laughs> he was he in. Okay, I'm looking at sleeper. It says he was RB three. Um, no, I think he was RB one. He's done last nothing. Year, actually, that's what it was. Damian Pierce finally got a touchdown, but he hasn't been doing anything, oh, okay. and it's just like. Yeah, the running back. Oh no, he this year. he led the league in rushing. That's like what unless happened. you're the Dolphins or McCaffrey, like it's a crapshoot. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, and it's like Kyle Shanahan with yeah. the run scheme, and that translated to Mike McDaniel's. Yeah. No, Mike I love Daniels Tony was the, Okay, the running that's a, that's a good that's a good story to start Miami, off. Um, so. And then Mine, I know this is going to be a football-heavy so. podcast, but I need to mention it. Uh, my story is baseball because the Cowboys laid an egg against the Cardinals, and honestly, I could care less because the winner of this weekend was the Texas Rangers. Not only did the Rangers sweep the Seattle Mariner- Mariners, but the Kansas City Royals walked into Houston and swept the Astros. The Rangers now have a two-and-a-half game lead in the division with seven games to go. They start a three-game series Monday night against the Angels. They end the season with a four-game series against the Mariners. Astros start a three-game series Monday night against the Mariners, and then they have a three-game series against the Diamondbacks. So Rangers have positioned themselves nicely in this AL West battle, and honestly, the the three-way gauntlet between the Rangers, Astros, and Mariners is probably the biggest story in, in baseball right now going into the playoffs and who's going to win that division because you look at those three teams. You add in the Blue Jays, 
and three of those four are going to make the playoffs. One of them's not. And you could be looking at a world where the defending world champion Houston Astros could be on the outside looking in in the in the postseason this October, which would just be wild. And of course, that is what I'm rooting for. Um, I would love to see some sad Astros fans. So this week is going to be just unbelievable. I know we're going to be up late watching these West Coast games, but it's going to be worth it because it's we're basically getting a week of playoff baseball before the playoffs even start. And it's just Trent and I went to the game on Saturday. It was a lot of fun. It felt like a playoff atmosphere. I think it was like 36,000 fans. People were loud and cheering and on their feet, and it was just great. So my big headline is Texas Rangers baseball because it is a lot of fun right now. So also Corey Seager should be in the conversation for MVP, but that's that's my 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 opinion. Um, all right. Week three NFL slate is in the books. I know we've got this uh, Eagles-Buccaneers game going on right now. It looks like the Eagles just scored to take a 10-3 lead. Uh, we'll have another Sunday night game immediately following, or I guess it's starting like now with the Rams. Um, who are the Rams playing? Rams and the Bengals. But let's just go through some takeaways. We'll just go back and forth, talk about as many games as we want to, and just see where it takes us. So what's what's one takeaway that you have from from the week three action? What? <laughs> Shocked. Well, I wanted to start with the Lions. Get them out of the way. <laughs> I mean, this is the first week I think they've looked good. Um, and they held Bijan Robinson to 30 yards, 30 something yards. <laughs> it was insane. Um, so I think the, the Lions they looked are good and, to be legit, you know, they had a good game plan on defense players, to where they basically um, said, we know Arthur Smith that you don't want so, Desmond Ritter to throw the ball. So we're going to make you have Desmond Ritter throw the ball and we're not going to let you run the ball. We're going to shut down Bijan Robinson. We're going to shut down Tyler Algier and we're going to make you beat you other ways. And obviously Ritter and the Falcons can't do that. They're not capable of that right now. And what they only scored six points against Alliance defense that, kind of got worked the previous week against Seattle. So, um, yeah, I thought the Lions looked really good. They're going to have a short week. Yeah, it's crazy that the Lions have to the Seahawks. three Thursday night games this season. Which the first one, you're, you know, the first one doesn't have like an adverse effect. If anything, the first one actually helps you because you get like a long yeah. buy before week <laughs> two. But already – Going on a on a, another Thursday night game, traveling to Lambeau to take on the Packers oh, absolutely. Is, is a pretty quick turnaround. But um, this is not the line. Yeah, yeah, because most teams yeah, play really one Thursday night why, game, with the exception uh, of like the Thanksgiving week one games, wasn't right that the Cowboys like and the, the Lions Thursday play, night game. You know? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's quite a few like scheduling quirks this season. Uh, that we haven't really seen in years past, right. but no, the Lions looked good. Uh, it's a good win for them. Uh, Goff looked really good, and yeah, it was a solid win for the Lions. Right now, Niners won. How are you um, ranking the top five teams in the NFC? I would. I'm still going to put the Cowboys yeah. there because I'm really. Well, we can get into them next if we want. I'm really not putting a ton of weight in what happened against Arizona. That was a sloppy game 
Um, I mean, they were getting penalized all over the place and defense clearly wasn't up for that game. They got in a hole early and honestly credit to the Cardinals because they looked really good, but I would, I would say Niners one Cowboys two. Um, and then I would say like a tie for third between the Lions and the Eagles is what I would say. And then the fifth team, mm, gosh, is there a fifth good team in the NFC? Okay. I would still put yeah. Seattle up there. Like, yeah, they got beat by the Rams. Um, so you could put the Rams on there too. We'll see after tonight. But I, I think yeah. Seattle is just has more to work with. Yeah. And I mean, I think that like I mean, all these everyone everyone's been saying game. that there's kind of so, the top three in sure the NFC with the Niners, the Cowboys, concerning. and the Eagles. Obviously, my feelings about the Eagles are well documented, so I, I'm not going to get into that, um, especially with their week three game going on right now. But I do think if the Lions are firing on all cylinders, they can flirt with that tier. And then after the Lions, I think there's a drop off to whoever the next tier of teams is in the NFC. Yeah, I would... I, I want to wait till this Thursday to see what happens. I think the Lions are well I equipped. Couldn't, I couldn't to agree more. <laughs> stomp on the Packers. I don't think the Packers have looked all that good, even though they've been winning games. Um, if, yeah, I, I'm not sure if Love is the answer there. I, they're not bad. They're not a bad team by any stretch, but. If the Lions can handily beat the Packers yeah. like they have last year, yeah, okay, I think the Lions. Well, let's have to talk about that Cowboys game with again. We don't have to spend a ton Eagles of time on it. Kind of like the Lions, we can get it out of the yeah, way and then the talk Cowboys. about the other games. I I'm throwing all that film in the trash. Like every team has one of those weird games where they lose to a team they shouldn't lose to, and it's usually early in the year, and you're like, how did that happen? Like. People forget, or maybe people don't forget, that the Niners lost week one to the Chicago Bears last year. And the Chicago Bears were 2-1 and one, three weeks into the season last year. And then they would go on to win one more game the rest of the season. So I think this whole not having preseason and also the Cowboys being without Tyron Smith, their left tackle, Tyler Biotish, their center, and Zach Martin, their right guard, really, I mean the there was no pass protection like they were able to still get by in the running game but there was no time for Dak in the pocket and it wasn't a I mean honestly I thought Dak played pretty well outside of that pick at the end of the game which when you look at it in a vacuum you're like oh all right there's Dak throwing a pick again but they had to get into the end zone and there were a lot of plays where Dak was going through like two and two or three reads and everyone was covered. And then he was like, well, crap, where do like, what am I, I can't throw the ball to anyone. And then he would kind of break out of the pocket. He'd try to scramble. He'd see if someone else could get open. Like there was a lot of 
like again, credit to the Cardinals because their coverage was on point in that game. And that interception felt a lot like a coverage interception where none of his guys were open. And it's like, all right, I got to try and force it. It's the end of the game. We have to make something happen. And it clearly didn't work out. So I'm not, I can't even hate him, hate on him too much for that pick, but it was a bad game. I think you just throw it out. You try to bounce back against new England this week and you move on. Yeah, I think there might have been too many uh, victory laps taken after two weeks of Giants in the rain. And well, no Zach other Wilson team had looked Jets. as dominant as they had. So oh, and, uh, these power Cal- rankings, I mean, they, like they were, kind uh, of do the them number week one week, team. So that's not a even a lot of power rankings. And they never were like the favorite to win the Super Bowl. The like any sports book didn't have them as like the top team yeah. in Super Bowl odds. So. I don't know. It's early in the season. You go off of what you have in front of you. Yeah, was it some small sample size overreaction? Probably. But I also think this Cardinals team is friskier than we all thought they would be because they've been in all three games this year. Chicago. <laughs> I think Chicago is like I mean, in a class. I'm not sure time. if there's any like bad teams in the NFL right now, to be honest. Yeah, Chicago is pretty bad. Um, I, I still think at this point last year, they were two and one. <laughs> they got better than last year. Right? Yeah. Like <laughs> the, the bears were hyped the, up. the Taylor Swift game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only, up I from mean, here. to me, but I don't even think there's much to talk about, about from, the, from an on the field standpoint was yeah. Tay Tay game. <laughs> Yeah, well, I did. Well, so I don't know if you Trent's listened to last week, but um, I played the. I think we. I played it. the somber music and everything to Justin Fields. Talk about how I was worried about Justin Fields. So I'm I'm right there with you. Um, A little bit, yeah. It has not looked good, but I will stand by this take that I don't know what quarterbacks are succeeding in Chicago right now, with everything else. Quarterbacks that are like in the league right now, outside of like you know, a Mahomes or something. Caleb Williams, because the everything is bad. It's not just Fields; everything is. bad. I don't know, man. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I heard y'all talk about it last week, so maybe if I can like put it into a fantasy conversation, like he was people were being laughed at for taking Trevor Lawrence over Justin Fields. Cause it was like Justin Fields floor is super high. Like he's going to do good no matter what. Cause he's going to rush the ball. And like, I was, I wasn't completely off of fields. I still had him ranked pretty high, but I was saying all off season, like he has to progress as a passer. If he's going to be viable. I mean, there's only, season. there's only one like combined rushing point. is great. Separating be good Lawrence and Fields right now. Lawrence hasn't really been good, good from a fantasy be standpoint one of those either guys. this year. Yeah. Lawrence, through three weeks, Lawrence is at 41.3 fantasy points. Justin Fields is 39.9. Did not know so that. So it's 1.4 <laughs> points. But. Yeah. I, I still expect well, that. Well, the. 
distance keep going, to keep going. lengthen. It was a sloppy game for the, the Jaguars. The too. thesis on Justin um, Fields from a fantasy standpoint made sense. It's just they're not around. running him. But like the the argument for Fields no, 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 was he has such a high floor because if you look at his 2022 season, he was you know getting you minimum 10 points rushing each game. And that's not happening because they're not doing designed runs. All of his rushing yards are off of scrambles out of the pocket. Like they're not giving him the opportunity to get out in space. So I stand by the thesis before the season. It's just, it hasn't, it hasn't materialized like we thought it was going to. I just feel like we should have seen that coming that if the bears as a team want to succeed, they're not going to do it on the legs of Justin Fields and bring in DJ Moore. You think that they would pass the ball more and see what Justin Fields has. And it's not much. Yeah. So, I mean, it just feels and like if, they're they, not, if they keep losing, this is like, I saw someone the best make this for the point. bears. I forget who it was. Get, so I apologize. Caleb Williams, but... a better quarterback. Greg Roman and Chicago would design a really good offense around Justin Fields. Like they would win games with his, his system in place. It just feels like offensively, they don't have any identity, which that's like the worst place to be in the NFL is if you don't know what you are like credit to Arthur Smith, he knows what his team is and he's consistent, right? He's not going to use his pass catchers. He's going to, do heavy run sets, and he's just going to control time of possession. And that's his his formula, right? But the Bears don't have that identity. And I think, I don't know, it just feels like everything is going wrong there. Does some of the blame belong on Justin Fields? Absolutely. Does 100% of the blame belong on Justin Fields? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, all right. My, my first takeaway... Um, although we've already uh, knocked out three games, so we're, we're doing good. Uh, it is hard not to be impressed with CJ Stroud's start to his young career. I mean, he has looked very, very good, especially for a rookie. He's third in passing attempts of 10 plus yards. He is 11th in quarterback rating. He's fourth in total yards, all without an interception. He looks composed in the pocket. When things break down, he still makes very impressive throws. Uh, that win against Jacksonville was very, very nice for a very young, scrappy Houston team. And obviously that win was not all on CJ Stroud because there was some weird stuff that happened. There were some turnovers by the defense. You had the the kick return for a touchdown by the fullback. Um, it was just a it was a it was a crazy game. But I think Stroud does deserve a lot of credit because he has looked, I mean. Through three games, he's been the most impressive rookie. You could make a case for Anthony Richardson, but it's kind of, we've only seen a game and a half from him because of his concussion, unfortunately. But uh, if you're a Texans fan, uh, which I was I was talking to a coworker this morning who is a Texans fan, and he's he's ecstatic. He's like, we might actually have someone, uh, which it he, you know, he wasn't that confident in the pick of Stroud because that draft night was kind of crazy where they they took Stroud and then they traded back up to get Will Anderson. It's like, wow, you're going to trade your your 2024 first round pick? Like that could be a top five pick. But Will Anderson has looked good. Stroud has looked good. And I just, through three games, I'm very impressed. 
Yeah, I might have to walk back my takes on Stroud because he's looked really good. Um, plain and simple. I, I'm not going to crown him quite yet because I don't Shout think out Tank Dell has been all that steep for him. And his receiving core is a lot better than yeah. people thought it was going to be. Shout out to uh, Nico Collins also. He's also Tank looked Dell, good. Great sleeper. I have him everywhere. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Robert Woods, um, though, I mean, he's... Yeah. And Robert a, Woods, a rookie the quarterback Robert needs Woods that veteran still hanging receiver. around. So. so I loved that um, addition. But, I mean, the most uh, impressive... Texans. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um he, I mean, the thing about Stroud that's been so impressive is that his offensive line might be the worst in the league, and he's performing really well under pressure. Um, uh, I, know I think that's about, also yeah. credit to the coaching staff with D'Amico Ryan's and um, their offensive coordinator. I can't remember his name. Yeah, Bobby Bobby um, Slowick, Slowick, Solak or something. There you go. Um, the Texans might be scrappy. They might be a scrappy team. Slowick, Bobby Slowick, yeah. All right, when when's going to be their first test? Hold on, let's take a look. They play a good defense, though. They play the Steelers this week. CJ Steelers Strasburg, are a decent yeah. defense. I'm trying to look, and it does. TJ Watt, Minka I mean, Fitzpatrick. I mean, they've got playmakers. And... I um, say that. Yeah, I mean, they're not. I mean. Honestly, if you want to say the best defense they're going to play yeah. is going to be week 16 <laughs> against the Browns on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's going to be a real challenge. Uh, Even in Dynasty, like Superflex Dynasty, you'd be trying to move him? CJ Stroud Fantasy. Oh. Plain and simple. I, I agree I think with that at all. There's no run game. I think especially in Dynasty. I they they don't have a first round pick. Or they do have a first round, but it's the Browns. I mean, they're a little banged I'm up not though. Sure like hasn't Tunsil been I out? mean this offensive line is or a work did he come back? <laughs> they're gonna get worse But he's they still get I mean, he's too. still so tip top at that position. He has, but he's also like what, thirty? Yeah, I just think that if you could hmm. flip CJ Stroud for like let's say Anthony Richardson Stroud for has Richardson. another bad game. Okay. Or I mean, yeah, that, that seems fair. Uh I would I'd probably do I that don't know. I guess selling Stroud, it depends on what you can get for him. Like if you're getting someone to overpay, then I could see it, but I wouldn't move off of him because you think like I don't think this is as valuable as he's gonna be. Like I think his value is gonna go up. I I just I mean, in Dynasty it's more long yeah, term. So like maybe after one more good week, um, I think his value is gonna go up. But I I, mean, I think this. If you look at if you look at how many good quarterbacks there are in the NFL right now, they're really uh, from a fantasy standpoint there really aren't that many. Because a lot of people have been disappointing. Like it's all the craze was all these running quarterbacks. And like 
the top fantasy quarterbacks, I think, so far through three weeks is Justin Herbert, Kirk Cousins, Tua, Jordan Love, and Patrick Mahomes. Kirk Cousins so, and Jordan Love. I think the uh, the passing quarterback is back, baby. <laughs> yeah. Running backs are just running the ball in general. It's done. Yep. No more. Yeah, yeah. honestly. <laughs> All right. What's another takeaway? Yeah, we're done running the ball. This I had this as well. League. Has there ever been a game where we well, all expected I want to bring up the Vikings like a Chargers. certain vibe to that game? What a fun and then it game. Just absolutely oh my delivered. gosh. Like I think the the other like somewhat recent example would have been that like Chiefs Rams uh Monday night football game where there was like over oh, yeah. 100 points scored and yeah. it was just like touchdown after touchdown where we all expected firepower and that's what we got but we all expected chaos and that's exactly what we got with this game. Love it. I enjoyed that game the most. Kirk Cousins and Justin Herbert slinging it. Oh my gosh. I My jaw is on the floor every time I watch Justin Herbert play. Some of those throws, yeah. like 50 he yards back across your body as you're sprinting out to the left. I'd, this year. I don't know. Like, I know you've been, you've that. obviously been the highest on him uh, on this podcast. And I've criticized him when I feel like criticism has been warranted but he has been awesome uh week three 40 of 47 405 yards three touchdowns no picks still doesn't have a pick on the year with six touchdowns so far and he's throwing the ball deep uh maybe i haven't seen that I, that breaks okay. the record, right? The uh, um, highest but he's just, rate I mean, for he's over really 45 good. passes I think or something. that it was a classic. He broke some record. Uh, like Kellen Moore showing in that Vikings game where all the talk has been on Brandon Staley going for it on fourth and one and not getting it. I thought the decision was right. I thought the play call was awful. Your backup running back because you're starting running backs injured. Right, like, yeah. Why are you doing what? a fullback like, dive when just, your running back has ten yards? I on saw the that play, and I I just had flashbacks to when Kellen Moore was on the right. Cowboys. I was like, the amount of times that Kellen Moore has done, done literally the halfback games. dive to Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott on fourth and inches, and it's gotten stuffed because he didn't have a good running back. And it's like, dude, you have Justin Herbert. Like, do you can do a fake handoff bootleg out to the right side where you have two tight ends and a wide receiver running different routes one of them's going to be open. And if they're not open, that means that everyone's in coverage and Justin Herbert can run for the first down. I just don't get it. Yeah. I just, they weren't running the ball. Well, that yeah, was the one the thing they weren't God doing well was Justin running the ball. And they, and they, especially so after the game, that I don't even fault Brandon performing. Staley for that. Like it was a bad play call point blank, but Yes, and he's a defensive coach. <laughs> I think what you do fault him for, though, is his defense has been awful. Like, straight garbage. Yeah, and he's a, he should know what he's doing. Yeah. He does have pieces on that defense. 
Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, yeah. Derwin James. So it's, those guys are really good. They should not be nearly as bad as they are. Even against Justin Jefferson. I mean, it's been it's been rough. Which and uh, talking about the Vikings, it has been. I I still don't think. I told you so. I know all the stats about teams so. who start zero and three. Uh, I do want to say that those stats, majority of them, are in a sixteen game schedule. So I do think we kind of need to change the calculus with the seventeenth game because you have not only well not only that but also with the seventh playoff team like there's it's easier to make the playoffs now than it than it used to be in the old format so i do think we need to consider that and if you look at the vikings they have played hold on i'm pulling up their schedule um buccaneers game the buccaneers game they should have won that was just an ugly game eagles they just got outplayed. And then the Chargers, I mean, it came down to the, the final box. play. And I think you look at them, they've got the the Panthers, the Chiefs, and the Bears coming up. And you'd like to think they win two of those games. Maybe they surprise people and they and they beat the Chiefs. It's in it's in uh, Minneapolis. Then they're three and three and they're right back into it. So I know everyone this morning. You know, Monday morning is talking about, oh, they need to trade Kirk Cousins to the uh, to the Jets or to someone. But Kirk has a full no trade clause. So he's going to want he's going to have to be willing to leave Minnesota, which I don't know if with him being a free agent at the end of this year, if he's going to be willing to uproot his kids and his family middle of the year to go, you know, play for the Jets. Like, come on. Behind that offensive line, I <laughs> yeah, and from a fantasy perspective, I, mean, I would hate that for Kirk Cousins. I want him right where he is, throwing fifty. Passes I wouldn't pick a game. them make the playoffs, <laughs> but zero and three. If they did make the playoffs, make the playoffs. It's though. not going to surprise I, me because I do think no they way. are still they're talented. not a good team. Like they still have, honestly. If you have Justin Jefferson, I'm I have a hard time counting you out in any game because he's one of the few skill position players who can take take over a game. And it's just it changes the it changes the calculus of the whole game. So, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, my next takeaway. Yeah, I mean they're scrappy for is, sure. Is but I gotta say I think enough. this past Friday was the perfect time to write about the juggernaut that is the Dolphins' offense. Because if I can take you back to the the Friday football newsletter over on the Making the Call Substack that came out this past Friday, I I did in my NFL segment this week, it was NFL small sample size, sample size stats that might matter. And the first one I chose, I titled it Mike McDaniel is a wizard, but Tua also deserves recognition as a passer. And I laid out all these stats, talk about how Tua had the quickest time to throw in the NFL, but he also leads the NFL in average completed air yards and average intended air yards. So he's getting the ball out fast and he's also throwing it down the field. And I talked about how this Miami offense is kind of just like the perfect marriage of three different things where you have a Mike McDaniel offensive scheme that is just incredible. It creates easy throws for his quarterback. Then you have Tua who does a great job at executing the game plan, makes quick decisions, throws accurate passes. And then third, you've got speed demons and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. And it just allows for this quick decision, air raid offense to work. 
And boy, oh boy, did that offense work on Sunday. I mean, 70 to 20 with, with their backups in all the fourth quarter. Like, yeah, wow. Well. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really a match made in heaven with Tyreek Tua and Mike McDaniel's. Yes, I think there's also a stat where they they lead the league in complete <laughs> air yards. That, that's what I mean. That's what I wrote about. They yeah, have the quickest time to throw. Well, not only that, Those I had another stat, and granted, this was all through week together. two. That, <laughs> but um, Tyreek and Waddle Tua are so fast. Like in, I mean, they just um, get it done. Or maybe he doesn't lead the league. No, I thought he did. Uh, at throwing the ball 1.6 air yards beyond the sticks. So every time he throws a ball, not a completion, but just throws a ball, it's traveling 1.6 yards beyond the first down marker. Like they're, they're in a, like you said, you don't, you don't lead the league in time to throw and also air yards. Like that doesn't happen, but that's what happened. That's what's happening in Miami. And it's just, it's unbelievable. Like the fact that they, put on that sort of offensive performance without no. Jalen Waddle. That's the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then the ground game was just working. Uh, Devon A. Chain. Oh my gosh. He looks so good. <laughs> I mean, Mostert, Mostert had like over 140 back, scrimmage so. yards, scrimmage yards I mean, and four touchdowns. If and he can. was not the highest scoring fantasy them. running back on his team. <laughs> I also, I mean, so we were talking about kind of the speed of this Miami offense <laughs> and crazy. I saw a stat where, you know how, um, you know how next gen stats will track like the fastest ball carriers of the season through three weeks. You want to know what the top five are? Number one is Devon A. Chain. Number two is Tyree Kill. Yeah. Number three is Raheem Mostert. Number four is Tyree Kill again. And number five is Devon A. Chain again. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> they are they are the top five fastest ball carriers. Like it, it shouldn't it's be crazy, happening. man. They, <laughs> it really shouldn't. All five of them got up to over 21 miles per hour. Devon HN got up to 21.93, almost 22 miles per hour. Just if Tua can stay healthy, which I know they made a lot of point about, they made it a point of emphasis about, you know, he's, he, you know, took jujitsu and learned how to fall. And so far, I think he's only been sacked once. Like he, has been he's he's been they've been protecting him and if if that's the case I'm willing to say that they're they're at the top like they're they should be in that top tier in the AFC when the, why okay. let's wait one week They're, they play the Bills we'll get to it. Yeah, next yeah. week. Um, <laughs> sure. Be- before we, because I would love to talk about that game. I mean, yeah. Do, can I talk about the? Uh, can I talk about the other side of the ball really quick? Marvin Mims, baby. Uh, 
He looks really good. Uh, he's you dead. He had a kickoff return for a touchdown. I, I said to start him in the fantasy article for the Substack, and he finished as the wide receiver nineteen, me. which is pretty nice. He, you want to hear these yards per catch the last two weeks? <laughs> Week two, fifty six point five yards per catch. And this week, 24.3 yards per catch. So, if he can get on the field more, and if I were the Broncos, I'd be playing him more than 24% right? of snaps. I bet once they make the move to right Stidham last two weeks, at quarterback, then you'll get some more Marvin Mims, which might be this week. I expect week. that to increase, because they got to start winning games. Yeah. Ooh. Just keep him. Uh, also, oh, really? Okay. Michael Penix. Michael Penix to the Broncos. Hold on, hold on. Let me. I wasn't expecting this. Here we go. Making the call now. Okay, never mind. I'll I'll cut it short. Yeah, making the call. <laughs> False alarm. I well don't, I don't do that after I I think oh. they need to get a top two pick and get either Caleb Williams or Drake. False May. alarm. <laughs> Really? I'm almost ready to put Michael Penix in the Drake May tier. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he looks so good. And he hmm. the only okay. reason why he hasn't been um, good is because of his So ACL let's see. That was my takeaway about which, the Dolphins offense. Did I mean, you have any other takeaways from down. week three? Oh, oh, like we each pick a, a Do the listeners line? know about our bet? Uh, yeah, we've been updating them. For making the call every week? You did? Yeah. Okay. Because I got the Steelers. Were they plus 250? Last week. I Wait, did. no. Well, but and you took you the... you realize that that gives me two points, right? No, no, no. The spread was two and a half. They were plus 250. You just took the spread. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You took... Okay, so if if their money... Oh. If the underdog's money line... If I, the odds I are plus 250... the rules. Dang it. Then it's worth double. I've mentioned this several times. I'm not, I'm not putting up with that. Wow. Yes, no. You're telling me this for the first time. Okay, so you took the point spread, which <laughs> it was Steelers plus two and a half. So I'm not a better. As long as they didn't this, lose man. by three or more, I don't know more, what the terms mean. So if you would have taken the Steelers to win outright, like for example, if you would have taken the Cardinals to upset the Cowboys, I don't, I forget oh, what their okay. odds were, but it was certainly greater than plus 250, then you, it would have been worth double. So it's a way like you can take like a crazy, you can take a decent underdog and try to kind of get back into it. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Thoughts on that game is I hardly watched it because I, I have, I've tried to teach well, myself that, that I game, don't have to accept myself to bad football. So when I saw it with Steelers Raiders Sunday night, I said, okay, I don't need to stay up late to watch this. I can go to bed. <laughs> 
And based on the discourse after it, I don't feel like I missed out on anything. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's probably um, a, all a right. healthy choice. A takeaway from me is I think this Browns defense deserves a lot of credit. No, you definitely didn't. I know, like, you know, they looked good against Cincinnati week one, and you realize, okay, Cincinnati's hurt. You know, Joe Burrow's hurt his ankle, doesn't look right, but um the EPA per play, so they track it for defenses as well, right? So it's basically inverse. So the lower EPA per play, the better your defense is performing because you're you're you know stifling the offense. Uh, the Browns' defense through three weeks is first in dropback EPA per play allowed and second in rush EPA per play allowed. And when you look at like the chart where it's you know plots everyone on a on a graph, they're in the top right corner because they're the best at both. And you watch these games, and it doesn't seem fluky either. Like when you have Miles Garrett. And you have the Tennessee Titans taking a delay of game penalty because they have two tight ends who are assigned to blocking him. So Miles Garrett moves over to the right side of the line. So the two tight ends go in motion together to go follow him. And so then he goes back to the left side. So then they follow him back to the left. And at this point, he's just laughing like, okay, this is what we're doing. All right. All right. They had to follow him. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. Exactly. It's just like that. I mean, this so is this Browns defense to, uh, is. I mean, they just they swarm the football. They are flying all over the place. Back in the day, and I just <laughs> I wanted to give them a shout out because obviously we don't like talking about the Browns very much, mainly because of who's at quarterback. But that doesn't affect how good the defense is playing, and the defense deserves a lot of credit. I mean, signing um, Zonovan Smith and Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, Did you have anything else on this week? Miles Garrett. I mean, that's just a beast of a. Okay. Let's get into week four then. Uh, Before we do, got to tell you about our friends over at Liquid IV. I'm running Uh, out. I've got like a few packets left in the in the bag you see behind me. If you're watching on the Making the Call YouTube, so I'm going to be ordering some here soon. Uh, trying to decide what flavor I want to go with because honestly, I haven't tried a flavor I didn't like. Uh, Liquid IV is delicious. Uh, it's got it hydrates you twice as fast as water alone. It's got three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It is the best hydration multiplier out there. Uh, it's delicious. It got the new sugar free line with the lemon lime and the white peach, which I've tried both of those and they are fantastic. If you've got kids, uh, they've got a brand new kids line of hydration multipliers, which I know. Austin's daughter like loves them. Like she, that's all she wants to drink now. She doesn't even want to drink plain water because she's like, no, I want the liquid IV. So uh, we couldn't be bigger fans of them here at Making the Call. We're excited to be partnering with them. You can go try Liquid IV today and get twenty percent off when you go to liquidiv.com. Use code MTC at checkout. That's twenty percent off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code MTC at liquidiv.com. All right, let's look to week four. We've talked about some of these games a little bit already. Let's just go back and forth. We'll just mention a game that we really like or a game that we're excited for. We'll talk about it for a little bit and we'll move on to the next one. So I'll let you go first. Mm. It has to be Bill's Dolphins. The Commanders. Let's see how legit the Dolphins actually are. And with the Bills bouncing back against the Raiders (laughs) and um, 
the, the commanders. I mean, just showing those two teams that they're uh, not going to make it this year. <laughs> uh, let's see what happens against the Dolphins. Because I think what the Bills have trouble with is those defensive juggernauts like the Jets. And if they were to go up against the Browns. Yeah, the one thing that concerns uh, me about the Bills the here defense. is it's so going it's to be a shootout. Be a I mean, shootout. so Buffalo's favored by two and a half at home. The over-under is 53 and a half. So you got to get a 54 to get the over, which is a lot of points. I mean, that's eight touchdowns. So what what that comes down to. Uh, so basically just Raheem Mostert and Devon A. Chain from week three. And you get there. Eight touchdowns. Um, but the one thing that worries me if I'm a Bills fan is Josh Allen has had well, two all. good bounce back <laughs> games against the Raiders and the Commanders, but he's also been comfortable in the fact that those games were out of hand pretty early, right? Like I know the Raiders scored first in that game. They went up seven, nothing, but after that it was pretty much all bills. And I mean, they beat the commanders, the commanders, they were shutting them out and they got, you know, a field goal late. The thing that worries me about him is and I don't think you'll disagree with this, but he is a lot more reckless with the football. He's willing to take those chances uh, a lot more than someone like Tua. And so I could see the Josh Allen interception bug being a factor in this game to where he knows how powerful the Miami offense is. So he almost tries to like do too much to kind of go pound for pound against him. And then he lets a few throws get away from him. That would be my one concern, but it's going to be a fun game. I, I cannot wait for it. Yeah, I, I would be worried about that too because it, it seems mm-hmm. that Josh Allen just has those games where you can't really explain it. He just throws into double coverage just randomly and for no reason. But And I think on the other side of the ball, the Bills have been a really good defense so far, even without Von Miller. I think this will probably be the best test the Dolphins yeah. have had so far. Because I mean, oh, the yeah, yeah. didn't really put up much of a chance, and uh, they play week one. Um, <laughs> the Chargers week one against the, uh, the Dolphins. Chargers. Chargers week one. Wow, this is not good pa- podcasting. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, and then okay, the Patriots. All right, my That's my first defense. game is actually going to be the first game of the week. I think this will be, and the it's best Thursday games. night. Lions at Packers. To see how legit they are. Because I think the Lions have looked good. I think the Packers, so many people are high on Jordan Love. And I'm telling you guys, it's just, I wrote about it in the Substack. Like, I just don't see it. it. It feels too good to be true. I mentioned through two weeks, he was leading the league in aggressive throws where 25% of his passes were considered aggressive, which the definition is the defender is within one yard or less of the receiver. Um for contacts, Dak led the league in aggressiveness last season at 19.8. So Jordan Love is five points higher. If if I had to ask you, Rosie, do you think his aggressive percentage for the season uh, went down or went up after week three? It was at 25% through two weeks. Well, like, do you think week three raised or lowered his average for the season? Uh, it went oh, up to so 29%. Just asking for week three. 
Um, if I look at just week three alone, what does that make Lowered. his week three number at? He was aggressive on 34% of his throws. All like right. It, the okay. fact that he only had the one interception, it and part of it could speak to the fact that his receivers aren't really getting separation, so he's having to throw into tight windows. But but I don't think that's it either. I think that's probably part of it, but I don't think that's the whole story. I'm not sure that's it. Mm-hmm. I think that's just how he plays. And honestly, he hasn't gotten punished for it yet. And I and will give him credit defense where credit is week, due. That that comeback he had, especially like sealing it. it with the rushing they, touchdown was impressive. They're ball hawks. Like that, that showed some, you know, he's got some oomph in him. And so I'll give him credit for that. But I think as a as a passer, it feels like fool's gold right now. And I think it's the bill's going to come due. Mm. I uh, I might have made this comp in the offseason, but he reminds me a lot of Jameis Winston. You know, like athletic, great arm, can just make fantastic plays. I mean, that comeback was really good uh, yeah. against the Saints. Yeah. But you're going to have these games where he's going to ruin the whole game for everyone. He's going to have like a three or four interception game. So I I'm, I don't know if that's going to happen this Short week. week. They're going to get Bakhtiari back probably. We'll see if Aaron Jones is back Christian for Watson the Packers. For this game, it seems like. Um, so, yeah, short week. I, Aaron I Jones as well. So too. Yep, good point. Especially with it being I, a I division think they were game, kind so. of saving them. All right, next game you're excited for next weekend. It's, it's going to be a big one. I, dude, I couldn't help it. I know it's your Lions, but it's just, yeah. You definitely took the other one that I was excited for. Um, this. No, 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 please do. I, I just don't know if there's like a whole lot of great. You know, games I'm excited for that, but I also feel like that game four. is going to be gross. Um, let's go Ravens. It's going to be like th- it's going to be like six to three at halftime. <laughs> it could get really gross really quick, but yeah, take the under. Yeah, I'm there for it, though. I I, th- I kind of like the defensive slogs. Uh yeah, definitely take the under on that one. But I, Lamar Jackson has played okay. Zay Jones has kind of fallen off. I need to see something from the Ravens offense because they right now have every opportunity to take the division. And, and then on the other side of the ball, Deshaun Watson, he played well last week other than throwing it yeah. <laughs> backwards for whatever That's going to be a good game because both teams are good defensively. To the other side of the field. And it's going to be uh, interesting to, to see which unit prevails. Um, I'm kind of interested, like, I don't know. I'm I'm a little interested about how this offense is going to look without Chubb because I would like to see them kind of spread it out more and lean more on Deshaun Watson to see if he can still do that, right? Because they haven't really had to do that up to this point. They've been able to lean on their run game and they haven't asked him to do too much. And so I'm going to be interested to see if that's 
a transition we see throughout the season where they say, well, now we don't have a very good run game. Like we've got this quarterback who's going to be making 60 million a year for like the next four years. Let's see if he can still do it. Uh, so I think that's going to be a really fun game. I do think it's going to be ugly, but I'm excited for it. Uh, nonetheless. Hmm. Well, do you know, do you want to know what a drone Ford got last week? He had a really good fantasy day because he scored two touchdowns. Exactly. But he went 10 attempts for 18. Uh, Next game for me. So, so far, post Chubb era, not looking great. Honestly, the Colts hosting the Rams, especially if Anthony Richardson is back. Because if Richardson's in there, like, I really, I mean, even without him, All right. uh, but especially with him in there, I really like the Shane Steichen offense in Indianapolis. Like they've got some fun stuff working there. And obviously the Rams on offense have kind of been really, really enjoyable. And so I just think like from a TV viewing standpoint, this Rams Colts game could be fun. There could be lots of points. There could be a lot of just like 50 yard touchdowns where some guy is busted coverage and Puka Nakua is running, you know, wild downfield so um i think it's going to be an entertaining game so i'll pick that one Mm -hmm. yeah yeah him and uh downs has been pretty good downs and Pittman, and i we might he hasn't had those plays yet where yeah you're so like, that's oh that's gosh, one for me. Um, we might see that this game. Do you have any others that you're excited for? And I, I'm excited for it. <laughs> um, I mean, I- okay, all right, that's fair. Uh, the only ones I think that are worth mentioning day, is I'll say Eagles Commanders because Commanders are going to be trying no, to pick, you know coming <laughs> off this loss. It's a division game, and if you'll remember, the Commanders were the ones who handed the Eagles their first loss of the season last year, and so, yeah. So I'll I'll take I'll say that one deserves to be mentioned. Um, I'll tell you the one that won't be mentioned. Called that, and I won't even I won't even say the names of these teams. It's a team from a a mountainous mountainous state and a team from a windy city. Um, I, I hope Red Zone doesn't show one play from that game. I just just don't even just don't even expose me to that. Like I wish, you know how on Twitter you can like mute words, like you can mute accounts. Like I just want to mute that game from Red Zone. Just don't even show it, Scott Hansen. Show show the other games. So true, true. So all right, anything else from you, Rosie, or you want to wrap it up? Well, they won't be scoring touchdowns, so I okay. don't think that'll be an issue. Well, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Making the Call. I'll do the dad joke this week. Um, I don't have anything else. All right, it's kind of a two-part, so I'll need some. I'll need some. It's kind of a, a read and response with you, Rosie. Are you ready? All right. Which type of mouse can stroll on two legs? Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Okay. Now, which type of duck can walk on two um, legs? I don't know. 
No, all ducks can, you idiot. Okay. <laughs> Donald Duck. Oh, man. All right. Yeah, that's going to do it for the podcast. You know, uh, I, I said Donald Rosen Duck, for hopping like, oh, on this week, no, talking can. some Whoops. football with me. And thank you to the Texas Rangers for making me care about this playoff push. I'm excited to see. Hopefully, hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, whenever we are back here a week from now, we're talking about how the Rangers have won the division for the first time since 2016 and have turned the season around. And so I'm hoping that's what this next week is going to have in store for us. But uh, we will. I'm I'm going to bleep. I'm, I'm bleeping that from this podcast. I'm bleeping it. So. Uh, this week's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you to the Rangers for making it interesting. Uh, thank you to the lovely listener for tuning in, whether it's in podcast form or on the making the call YouTube. And also thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the Substack. again, make sure you subscribe to that. It's free. Leave us that five-star rating on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back this Friday on the Substack for the uh, next iteration of the football weekly newsletter. And we'll be back on this feed live on YouTube next Monday night at seven o'clock recapping the week four action and any other big sports stories that we come across. So I hope everyone has a fantastic rest of your week and we'll see you next time. Recapping the week four action and any other big sports stories that we come across. So I hope everyone has a fantastic rest of your week. We'll see you next time.